Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for taking a minute to listen to the podcast. I'm always thrilled to see the number of people who are just joining us on the podcast, the different countries that they're represented from, and just the background that people come from. What it speaks of is a desire to grow as a leader and specifically as a Christian leader. Today, I want to take a moment. What I want to talk to you about is leading from the C-suite. Now, those of you in business, you know what the C-suite is. That refers to CEO, CFO, and uh, those are terms of the chief executive officers. The C-suite also stands for the corner office. But today, I want to take a little bit of twist on that. I want to talk to you about leading from the C-suite, words that begin with C. So let me walk you through seven words that I believe, are a part of leadership that every leader has to master. The first word is creating. If you're a leader, you're going to have to create. Now, creating isn't necessarily the fact that you come up with an idea that nobody else has had. In fact, the Bible tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. It may be packaged a little bit different. It may be, um, you know, wrapped up in a little bit different kind of bow, but most things are out there and have been out there. When I talk about creating, what I'm referring to is that there are some things that leaders have to create. One of those things that they have to create is they have to create energy. Every time a leader walks in the room and speaks to his team, they are creating energy, the energy for what needs to happen next. See, if you're waiting for someone else to initiate something, very seldom is that going to happen. Leaders have the ability to create the initial burst. What we know is that initial spark and a vehicle is what sets off the uh, whole system of um gas being burnt so that an engine can be moved, but it always takes a little bit of energy, that little bit of spark. We know that for a pilot light, it doesn't seem big, but without a pilot light, uh, a hot water heater is not going to work. It takes that initial part. Well, what I know about leaders, when they walk into a room, they start it and they start it with their energy. And it's not so much that they have more than others. They just know how to focus theirs, and they know how to get it going. So on any given week, on Tuesday morning, when I'm in town, I'm going to walk into a staff meeting. When I walk into that staff meeting, what I know is I have great people who are awesome leaders, but many of them have had long weekends. They're tired. They've yet to recover, and I have to walk in, and I have to give that initial burst of energy. Now, that initial burst is going to come through my attitude. It's going to come through my actions. And it's going to come just through the fact that in the room, I am going to try to create a presence that becomes the basis of them getting going. So if they watch me, they're going to begin to see energy. They're going to begin to feel energy. And so I know that every leader creates energy. Not only do leaders create energy, uh, but they also create the timeline. And the timeline is this. Uh, all music is played out on a cadence. It may be a 4-4 four, four beat. It may be a 3-4 beat. Uh, but there is a cadence out there. And 
every day leaders create the timeline for their organization. Uh, sometimes you can run really, really fast for a period of time, and sometimes you walk very slow, and sometimes you sit down. And as a leader, you have to know the timing of your organization, when it needs to run, when it needs to walk, and when it needs to sit down. All of these are created by the leader. So the first word for the C-suite is creating. The second word is clarifying. And clarifying means this. There's always so much noise. There's always so many things going on that it's real, real easy for uh, people to get confused. Everything cries for attention. Everything's loud in our society today. Everything involves um, volume levels that seem to ever be increasing. But as a leader, you clarify. What you do is you clarify uh, what needs to be done. Max Dupree gave this wonderful line, leaders define reality. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't realities out there. It just means you define what the reality is for your organization, where you're at and what you're doing. And so uh, clarifying is a leader has to cut through all the noise. A leader has to cut through all the confusion and even at times all the legit questions. And a leader has to say, this is what we're going to do. It's when Paul stood up and he said, this one thing I do. Why? He knew that there were a lot of things he could do, but he needed to ascertain what is the one thing that he had to do. And that's what leaders do. Leaders understand that they have to clarify. So with Joshua, it was God saying, don't look to the right hand or to the left. What was he saying? Make sure you're focused. Make sure you're attentive. Clarify for yourself and clarify for others what is it we're doing next. No organization can do everything. No organization should do everything. No organization has the time to do everything. And no organization has the resources to do everything. So what you do is you have to be able to clarify. And so leaders clarify. So two words, creating and clarifying. Third word, communicating. Somehow you have to communicate uh, what is important. I love the verse in Corinthians. It says, uh, speaking the same thing so that everyone will come to the same mind and the same conclusion. There is a time when you have to articulate on the same page. You have to be able to communicate in such a way that you're saying, hey, uh, we are going to be on the same page. We are going to communicate. Um, Communication's not easy because there's so much nuance to it, how it's said is sometimes um, more important than what is said. Um, remember uh, that great battle that had happened between uh, England and Napoleon, where it seemed like Napoleon was going to take over all of Europe, and um, the battle was going on, and the way they would signal across the channel is they would use a series of flags that would indicate what's being uh, said. And so after the battle, from uh, the far side of Europe, it was communicated by flags, uh, Wellington defeated, and at that time, fog rolled in. Well, when Wellington defeated, uh, came across the English Canal, all of England just lost hope until the next day when the fog lifted and they realized there was another word, and that was Wellington defeated Napoleon. 
see one word effects and leaders are great at communicating. They're great at being able to say what needs to be said to inspire. They're great at saying what needs to be said to focus. They're great at saying what needs to be said to bring attention to what is needed. And they're great at saying what needs to be said to motivate. And so here we are. Uh, we are in a position where if you're going to be uh, a C-suite leader, if you're going to be one of those leaders that really, really leads at the highest capacity, then you're going to have to know how to create energy and to create a timeline. You're going to have to clarify. You're going to have to cut through all of the stuff, all of the issues, all of the circumstances, and you're going to have to cut through it. And then you're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to say the same thing, and you're going to have to say it in many ways. You are going to have to make sure others are saying the same thing because the uh, success of communicating is not that you said it. It's when other people repeat it. When other people repeat it, that's when you know the communication has happened correctly, that there is the communication that goes out there that you say, hey, other people are beginning to get it. I call it surround sound. When people downline from you are saying what you said to others without you telling them to say it to others, that's when the communication is clear. So you don't ask the question, well, did I tell them? The question is, are they telling others? That is the art of communicating at a leadership level. The next word uh, is the word courage. See, there's never been anything done that is meaningful in life, for sure meaningful in the kingdom, for sure meaningful in most organizations, that doesn't take some courage. And the courage comes in because you know what you want the outcome to be, but you also deal with the fact that the outcome may not be that. And so it takes courage. It takes courage when you don't have all the resources to step out and to say, we're going to do this building program. It takes courage when you're not sure how people are going to respond and you're going to say, we are going to reshape and we are going to reorganize this particular area of life. It takes courage to step into a new adventure. It takes courage at times to uh, change your staff. It takes courage at times to stand up and to begin to communicate, if you do this, we're going to be able to do this. See, it takes courage. And what courage is, it is the ability to lead when there are no guarantees about the outcome. Man, I love that. Courage is the ability to lead when there are no guarantees about the outcome. That is what leaders do. Leaders create courage. And so there's going to come a time when you have to get off the bench, when you have to get in the game, when you have to take your best moment of inspiration and your moment of clarification and you start saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the reason we're going to do it. And this is what we think will happen. And the courage to be the first one out there. See, it doesn't take courage to be the last one out there. It takes courage to be the first one out there. It doesn't take courage to just be one of the crowd. It takes courage to be in front of the crowd. And that's what leaders do. Leaders possess the ability to step out and to do things before the results are guaranteed because of the conviction that is in their heart that they're doing what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, when it needs to be done. That's what leaders do. So the C-suite, creating, 
clarifying, communicating, courage. Next word, casting. Now, casting could seem a little bit different to some of you that maybe don't know the Bible. But one of the things that we're told in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 is this, is that we are to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. See, one of the things that I found about leaders is that they care. In fact, I found that leaders care a whole lot more than people realize that they care. In fact, they care so much that many times what sort of sidetracks them is that they care. They care about people. They care about uh, people going through hard times. They care about the success and the failure of others. They care about the disappointments. They care about when people say, I don't want to be a part. They care about, they just care. And see, here's the thing. As a leader, you've got to learn to cast. You've got to learn to cast and to let go. I tell the story often. If you go to New York City uh, at Rockefeller Center, there is the picture of Atlas. And Atlas is sitting there, uh, muscles well-defined under the strain and the pressure of the world on his shoulders. And honestly, that's how most leaders feel. They feel like everything's on their shoulders. They feel like if they don't do a good job, it'll fail. If they don't mobilize people, it's not going to work. If they don't raise the money, it'll never happen. Leaders tend to feel the responsibility of the moment, and it feels like it's on their shoulders. But then if you walk across the street to St. Patrick's Cathedral, they have a little garden there that has Jesus as a boy, not as a baby, but as a boy. And in there, they show Jesus with the world in his hands. And so there's this contrast. Atlas has the world on his shoulders. Jesus has the world in his hands. Every day after you have created and clarified, communicated, had courage to step out, you're going to have to cast. You're going to have to say, Jesus, I can't live with this all on my shoulders. So I'm going to put this in your hands. It's only when it's in your hands that it's going to work out. Commit your ways unto the Lord and he will sustain you. See, that's what casting does. But there's another word. It's called committing. And committing just means this. You step up whether anyone else steps up. You show up whether anyone else shows up. Years ago, my son was playing baseball and he had gone to college and Honestly, the college coach he had was not the greatest as far as leadership. Uh, maybe he was an all right college coach, but he wasn't that much as a, a leader. But Cody called me one time because this coach had sort of whittled Cody down a little bit. And I just looked at Cody and I said, I'm going to give you some keys to success. Here they are. Show up. See, when you show up, you beat 50% of the people because most people don't show up. I said, show up on time. See, when you show up on time, you beat another 10% of the people, because most people who show up do not show up on time. I said, number three, show up and be prepared. Um, because most people who show up don't show up on time, and when they do show up, they're not prepared. And then I said, Cody, show up and do your best. I said, Cody, when you show up, 
You just got to do your best. So show up, show up on time, show up prepared and show up to do your best. And I said, Cody, if you do this, you've learned more about life than the majority of all people. Now, this coach didn't get it. He wasn't savvy when it came to leadership. But that being said, there was another thing. And I said, Cody, if you want to be in the top 1% of people, here's what you do. You show up. You show up on time. You show up and you're prepared. You show up and you do your best. And I said, and you show up and you do it for Jesus. I said, you don't do it for a coach. You don't do it for anyone else. You do it for Jesus. And I said, if you will learn these abilities, they will take you further in life. I like to describe those as just being the skills of commitment, the ability to show up, to show up on time, to show up prepared, to show up to do your best, and to show up to do it for Jesus. That's commitment. And then the last word is consistency. See, it's easy to create, clarify, communicate, have courage, cast, and uh, commitment. The problem is it's hard to do that consistently. But if you do that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you do that repeatedly. Can I tell you something? One day, you won't have to say it. Someone will look at you and say, there's a leader. Why? Because you've learned to do the things that leaders do. Create, clarify, communicate, courage, casting, commit, and you do it consistently. Well, we have a lot of things that are coming up. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, a roundtable event in North Carolina. I'm going to be doing one in Toronto, Canada. I'm going to be doing one in Pittsburgh, California. These are all great events. I'll be speaking at several churches. You can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries and find out. Uh, about them. Uh, But I want to encourage you to come and to be a part and we would appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.